here in a couple of weeks or you're, you're visiting with us this morning, um, we have been, uh, for the last three weeks, been doing a series on money. And uh, for some of you, are like, oh, no. You know, you're thinking, Mark, I invited friends this morning. Why did you have to talk about money? What is going on with that? Um, and, and I just wanted to encourage you, as we have the last few weeks, we've already taken up the offering. So the idea this morning is not that we're trying to get your money. The idea this morning is that we want to help you understand um, the purpose of money and God's purpose for money, and to help, uh, to help you uh, uh, just to, to be successful in that area. Um, Jesus talked a lot about money. He actually talked about the idea that the, the idea of serving God is not opposed by serving the devil. We don't wake up every morning with that challenge in our minds. Am I going to serve God today or am I going to serve the devil? It's this idea, am I going to serve God today or am I going to serve money? Am I going to serve this, this God of money? And we talked about how this idea of money, it's a spiritual thing. Because all of our life is tied to our, our spiritual life. You can't separate the two. Uh, and God, he cares about your heart. We talked about that in the very first week. That this all comes back to heart. If you missed the first week, it ties in with this. And I would encourage you to listen to it. Because his ultimate concern is about this. It's about our heart. It's about um, where where our focus is, if it's on the stuff here or if it's on what his heart cares about. And uh, we talked about the idea that money's not evil, but loving it can lead to a ton of pain in your life. You know, money's one of the top reasons why there's uh, f- um, strife in marriages. Money's also one of the top reasons why marriages fail, because people don't know how to handle it well, and it brings incredible amount of pain. Loving money also has nothing to do with how much you have. For some, you think, oh, you know, rich people. How many of you know some rich people that are incredibly generous? You've seen them. They're like, man, you know, they give away a ton of money. How many of you know some rich people who are greedy? Yeah, we all know them too. How many of you know some poor people that, uh, that are, are, are greedy? You know, all they want is more money, right? And, and how many of you know poor people, even though they have barely anything, they would give you the shirt off their back. Why? Because it has nothing to do with the, um, how much money you have. It has to do with the heart behind it. And so God's design is that, you know, we talked about last week. For us as humans is that we would work. And you remember the other one? Work and watch. You're right. Not this idea of just work and work for money, but this idea of watch, of managing uh, money well. We learned last week God's not just going to give you money. So many Christians pray, dear God, just give me money. I have bills. You know, I need to pay my bills. Uh, He gave you skills and talents so you can get a job and so that you could work and you can trade those talents for wealth and and then to manage that um, well. And we realized last week too that everything is his. It's not this idea of, oh, give God a chunk and the rest I can do with what I want. He's given it all to you. He's given it all to you to manage and we want to honor him in the way we manage it. So that's what we were talking about uh, in the past couple of weeks and it brings us to this week. So I'm going to share some thoughts this week that uh, you may have, some of, some of the thoughts you may have heard before, some you can find again. There's some guys named Andy Stanley, Bill Hybels, Dave Ramsey, King Solomon, and Jesus, and a few other famous people that said some of the stuff I'm going to share with you this morning. So just so you don't think it's me, so if you're angry about it, it wasn't me. And if you love it, well, I'm glad I brought it to you, all right? So let's, uh, let's get started this morning. Um, last week, we, we talked about this idea of, of this. Do anybody remember what this was supposed to represent? Let's see if we can finish the sentence. You need to be? Oh, man. I don't know why I waste my time. Uh, no, you need to be knowing where your money is. All <laughs> right, so you're, it's coming back now. It's been a long week, but we talked about last week how some of, some of you, the way you do your personal finances is you carry one of these around and you put all your money in, but you have no idea where it's going. By the three weeks into the month, you're like, oh, it's gone. 
And the answer is, get more. Work harder to get another job, three jobs, and put more in. And still, you end up having no idea. We talked about how, how the, the, the first step in getting to a spot of being financially um, balanced is you've got to be knowing where your money's going. So let's do that again. Say, I need to be knowing... Right. I need to be knowing where my money is going. We're going to talk about that. So last week we said you've got to track your money. You've got to spy on it. You need to know all the time where it's going because that's going to be the indicator of, of being a good manager. So we said this. We said, you know, for those of you like, oh, how do I do that? So it's very, I know. So see some of you are like already like, oh no, we're talking about money and your eyes kind of glaze over. You're like, oh. But th- we'll just go real simple for you. you. You get one of these charts and you put it up and you say, I'm going to track everything. So you just track your bills. That's not enough. You've got to track everything. So you just jot down the date right here. So May 3rd uh, today, uh, and you don't, not if you had a date, but just the date of the month. And so then you put in the item or place where you went. Ding, Tim Hortons, of course. And then the amount that you spent, right? And so um, you, you find out, um, some of you, you just have serious problems, right? That's just an extra large coffee. So, so this is what you do. And then as you go through the day and, and through the you just keep filling stuff in. And so you track every single cent, you know? So groceries, you know, car broke, very sad, you know, um, electricity bill. You, you yelled at your wife because of all the spending. So you, you went to the, our version of the Dutch store, Walmart, and bought flowers for her. And then Tim Hortons, Tim Hortons, Tim Hortons to drown your grief. But you jot it all down. And you track it. And some of you are like, Mark, that is so basic and simple. And yet there's so many. That's not mine, by the way. But there's so many... <laughs> There's so many that, that, that don't even start with this, and they wonder, where's my money going? We want it, and, and the thing is, the, the averages are telling us that most, of, most Canadians don't do anything like that, and most Canadians are very bad at managing their money. And we said, we want you guys to be better than average. We want you to be the ones that when, when the, the curve comes out, you're the one pulling it up, because at this point, things are dangerous. And some of you are like, Mark, I know where my money's going. I, I know where it's going, but I still have money trouble because the problem is most of money is going to this place. So you know it's going there, but you're like, oh, yes, I know where it's going. Or some of you are like, my money's all going to my retirement plan, which um, you're like, <laughs> so, you know, lot of 649, you're imagining you're debt-free. You're like, I know where it's going. I just never have enough. But one day, <laughs> one day. So I want to challenge you this morning to help you just to say, you know, where does God want your money to be going? We can say, it's all great. You need to be knowing where it's going. But if we don't help by saying, hey, here's a plan of where it should be going, we leave you with nothing. So this morning, I want to help you with some, some tools on how to manage, manage what God has given you. Um, there's over 2,000 verses in the Bible about wealth and possessions and money. And most of the time, we think all that, those verses are like, give it all away. That's what it is. That's the Christian thing. I'm, I don't know where it is, but somewhere in there, somewhere in the back, you know, it says give it all away. But there's, most of the verses are not about giving the money away. Most of the verses are about what you do with what you have, about managing it. So I want you, if you're taking some notes, and you should, here's a few things to realize and put down. Number one is this. Realize that all the money you have is a gift. Yeah, write that down. That was good, man. That was like, you want to remember this. No? All right. So um, realize that everything that you have is a gift. You know why? Because in our country, in our culture, we think too often that, you know, our paycheck, we don't think of that as a gift. You know, when's the last time you looked at your paycheck and went, wow, thank you, God, that you gave this to me? You, you don't. You're like, I worked hard for that. I earned that. That's mine. I really worked hard for that. 
But, and, and, and somewhat of a, of a thought, it's true, but I want you to think a little bit deeper than that um, this morning because how, when's the last time that you thought of your job being a gift? Some of you are like, I hate my job. <laughs> That's not, a, if it's a gift, it's a, not a good one. But it's interesting, if you travel around the world, I was in the Philippines a number of years ago and we went to a dump site there and it's a picture of that, the dump site here. These kids and these families that live in this dump site have zero opportunity, zero opportunity, unless someone intervenes of ever having a job. They never have the opportunity to have the gift that you guys have of the chance to actually work and to generate wealth. This, you say, well, Mark, you know, I have skills and talents and, and I'm just, you know, I'm a, good, I'm, I'm a good architect or I'm good with building or I'm good with my hands. You know, I, I, I put a lot of work into schooling to get to this place. I, I did a lot of hard work to get here. My question is, where would those come from? Where the giftings in your life, the talents, the strength, the creative mind, all of that's a gift. All that's something that he's given you and given you the ability. And, you know, last week we talked about in Deuteronomy where it said to the Israelite people, remember, because we forget. And I, I tried this last night and said, do you guys remember? And they're like, no, we're not going to go there again. But he says, remember, remember that it is God who gave you the ability to get wealth. God didn't give you money. It's not what it says. He gave you the ability to get money. He gave you the ability, to, the skills, the talents to turn that into wealth. It's a gift from him. So why is it so important that we think of it as a gift? Because if we don't realize that it's all about him, we begin to start thinking that it's all about me. And that's such a date. It, it leads to a, a lot of pain. See, in our country, it's crazy how we have the most of everywhere in the world, and we hear it so often, and yet we have some of the most ungrateful um, people in our country. And it's, it's this idea of always wanting more. It's that thought, if I just had a little bit more, if I just had a little bit more, forgetting that what we have is a gift. And when you realize that it's a gift, we realize that it's something that we need to manage properly because it's not our own. So when we say, you've got to be knowing where your money is going, the main reason for that is because it's not ours. It's his that he's entrusted to us. Like you would if you put your money in someone's hand and said, hey, I want you to manage this money for me. Um, your investment broker, and they're like, they have no idea where it's going. You'd be like, I'm getting a new broker. I don't, this isn't going to work. Same idea there. This idea of God trusting you with something. What has he trusted you with? So the idea of realizing that all that you have is a gift. Second thought is this. Money doesn't have a mind of its own. I don't know about you guys, but I used to have a dog named Lucy that uh, that dog had a mind of its own and just did whatever it wanted to do. Anybody else have dogs like that? They just run away. No, just you? Just, just me? Yes, a few. Yes. Um, I, actually, as I was thinking about this, I realized that all the dogs we've ever had, even as kids, ran away. So I don't know. Maybe I'm not a dog guy. I, don't, I thought I was, but cats always come around my house. <laughs> dogs don't stay, and the cats I don't want don't leave. But, you know, this idea, this dog, they run away, and it's like, I remember, you know, living in Port Dover, and Lucy would get out, and in the middle of the night, it'd be out there in the winter, you know, like, Lucy, come here, like 12 at night, and she'd come up, and she'd come up right close to you, just close enough to grab her, and you'd reach, and then she'd take off around the block, you're like, oh, you know, and you can't yell at her, it's like the middle of the night, but you can't, so you try and bribe her with, and she won't take it out of your hand, you leave it there, and so she's just about there, you try and grab her, and she takes off. And it's like, oh, that dog, you know, it's a mind of its own. Um, uh, some of you, for, for you, that's your child. You know, it's like, <laughs> you, 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 you tell your children, but they're like, oh, they're so strong-willed. They'll just do whatever they want to do. You know, we had friends over the other night, and we're, we're biking with them, and their kid's, on a, uh, their kid's like two or three on a, on a tricycle, biking down towards the, the road, to the busier road. And they're like calling them by name, and, and then the middle name, like try all their names, right? Just call them everything. No, running down the street, uh, yelling at 
just pedaling away as fast as they can go, right? Mind of their own. They're gonna, they think they're going to do um, whatever they, uh, they want to do. And for some of you, you think money's like that. Do so you think your money just has a mind of its own? It just it's just gone. I don't know where it went. It ran away. Mind of its own. It just wants to be somewhere other than where, where I want it to be. And so for you, um, it's the idea of, you know, your, your, your finances, um, you know, need to be told where to go. If you don't decide where, where your money's going, it's like this. It's like you taking cash. It's like, Woo! you know, I hope it ends up in the right spot. And you think, you know, we never, we never think about it that way. That that's actually how we're, we're living. But if you don't plan, if you're not telling where your money, uh, where it needs to go, it doesn't have a mind of its own. It goes where you tell it to go. So like we said before, you got you to be knowing where my money's going. Why? Because it's his that he's allowed you to manage. So my question for you this morning is, how are you managing it? Because we're all managing it, whether we're doing it well or poorly. But are you managing it God's way or are you managing it your own way? I love this verse from Proverbs. Proverbs 19 it says this, people ruin their lives by their own foolishness, and then they're angry at God. <laughs> people ruin their lives by their own foolishness, and then they're angry at God. You do not believe how many times we have people praying, saying, oh God, you need you to meet my needs, and he didn't answer my prayer. You know, I, I missed a bill because he didn't come through. You say all that stuff about God's, he's not good. And they forget that the first part is they ruin their lives by their own foolishness. God's way, if we, if we forget all about him, we begin to think it's all about us. And so he's given us some, some thoughts, some ways to make sure that, that if we use money properly, it's not going to hurt us. And so the number one thing he brought about is this idea of, of this, this thought, give. Give. To do this first, in Matthew chapter 6, he says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. He already knows what you need. If you seek him first, he's going to take care of that. And God's a God of order. It's this idea of do this first. Um, in Proverbs, you see it a lot. Proverbs, you're like, well, that's Old Testament. But Proverbs was written by a guy named Solomon, an ancient king who was known for his wisdom. And he basically wrote the Proverbs to anyone who wanted to become wiser. In Proverbs 1, he says that the purpose of the Proverbs is to teach people wisdom and discipline, to help them understand the insights of the wise. The purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful. Anybody want a successful life? Yeah, me too. He says the, the point of these Proverbs is to help you live a successful life, to help them do what's right, just, and fair. These Proverbs will give insight to the simple knowledge and discernment to the young. Some of you here are like, I'm a teenager. I don't need this stuff yet. This is the time to learn it. How many adults said, man, I wish that I had managed money a whole lot better when I was a kid because I would have a whole lot more of it right now. No need to show hands. We know that's most of us. Proverbs chapter, Proverbs chapter 3, Solomon wrote this. He says, honor, 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 esteem, value the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. First fruits means the first, the first part and the best. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. The wisest guy to live said this, honor him. And it's going to turn around a blessing, but it starts with honor. It starts with this idea of the heart coming back to here. God, am I going to honor you with what you gave me? Am I give like you asked me to do. And we'll talk about giving in a couple of weeks. We're not going to talk about, you know, that, that part um, this morning. But the first step, the first step in managing money rather than serving money is this bucket right here. That's why he tells you to do it first. Because as soon as you start giving it away, you realize it's, uh, it's not actually mine. I'm just using it. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless someone somewhere with it. Second one is this. Save. Save. Having an emergency fund or saving up, you know, um, 
uh, for the future. So many people have none of this. No savings whatsoever. The other night we watched this movie called The Ant Bully. Uh, it's a great cartoon if you want to watch with your kids. Uh, get The Ant Bully. It's about this kid who, um, uh, he's so mean to the ants and then he gets shrunk down to ant size and has to live in an anthill to learn lessons from the ants. And I thought, that is so creative. I'm so glad God thought of that. And, and, we're, and, and what you don't often realize is that he's the one who thought of it first. Years and years ago in Proverbs chapter 6, he says this, Take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. What a great name. So take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. Learn from their ways and become wise. Learn from the ant. I just want you to be as smart as an ant. Though they have no prince or governor or ruler to make them work, they what? They labor hard. They work. Um, They labor hard all summer, gathering food for the winter. But you lazy bones, how long are you going to sleep? When are you going to wake up? A little extra sleep, a little more slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. Then poverty It's going to pounce on you like a bandit. Scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. Here's this idea, this thought of saying, hey, you know what? You can learn something from something so small as an ant. Not only do they work hard, they work smart. They're saving up for the the winter. It's that idea of working and watching. They're storing up for leaner times. Uh, My question is, how often does winter come around in our country? Just, Just play. How often does winter come around in our country? Every year, right? It's pretty regular occurrence. So, this long winter we just had, after it was over, we didn't just like, all right, burn all our winter clothes because we're never doing that again. No, we know it's going to come again. We know that it's going to happen again. How many of you have realized that the leaner times in your finances are pretty regular occurrence in your life? Uh-huh, right? It's like they, they, they come around. It's like, oh, yeah. It wasn't that one bill that once you paid, now you're done and scot-free. And set it comes around again. They come around as like these surprises in our, in our lives. And he's saying, from the ant, learn from the ant and store up for the surprises. For instance, surprises. You know, wife goes out and buys new dress. Surprise! $200, because you got both colors, right? So, uh, <laughs> you know, then she backs into the garage door. Surprise! $2,000. Then she tells you that she's pregnant. Surprise! $243,660 over the next 18 years. <laughs> surprise. <laughs> it shouldn't be a surprise. I mean, not that. I'm just saying that. <laughs> right then. Winter's coming. Financial things are <laughs> are coming. I know some of you, some of you. I'm not never going to reach. All right. So, but your roof's going to leak. Your furnace is going to break down. Your car, even though it's beautiful, it is. It's going to need tires. Something's going to happen. You know. And this um, this idea. Some of you are, are are like one financial surprise away from from just an incredible amount of financial stress and grief. Dave Ramsey said. Save up. Do whatever you can to get an emergency fund because there's going to be emergencies in your life. He's like, work a little bit extra, but, but for here, to put it here, put away a thousand bucks and, and, and have, have that stuff set aside. Do whatever it takes. Save up for your future. Save up for your future. It's interesting because a, couple, a number of years ago, we shared last week, Beth and I, we were terrible with money. And then we started to realize what God had said and we started doing things differently. And, and our, our financial advisor said to us, yeah, you, are you making payments on your vehicle? And we're like, no, um, it's paid for. He's like, well, that's good. And we said, yep, that's why we don't have to make payments. He says, no, you need to keep making payments. And we're like, why? Because it's, we already paid for it. He's like, do you think it's going to last forever? 
Uh, I guess we do. But he said, start putting money aside. So we started, and we couldn't afford a ton, but we started putting aside money in this envelope that was going to save up for a new vehicle someday whenever ours died. Well, then one uh, day, Beth um, accidentally parked it underneath a pickup truck and the, uh, just destroyed the front end of our, of our thing. And so when she called me, she's like, I just cried with five kids. And before, you know, th- that opportunity, all I had to do was care about her because it was, it was an emotional emergency, but it wasn't a financial emergency. Whereas for some of you, that's going to be both. It would be, you know, oh no, how are we going to pay for it? What are we going to do? Way to go, wife. You know, how could you not see that I was parked in front of you? We're never going to be able to afford this. And then finally like, hey, where are you? I'm in the hospital with a broken leg, right? It'd be like the idea of you can make so many mistakes just because of not pre- um, prepping and not planning, not saving ahead. And for some of you, this is where you're saving like crazy. And you're like, I'm saving for my retirement. It's save, 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 you know? Uh, but God's saying we wa- he wants us to honor him with all of this stuff. This idea of saving is that, you know, our lives it aren't meant to just be worked for retirement because there's never this thought that we're ever going to stop working. We may, have to, we may stop working to be paid, but as long as you're on this planet, he has a purpose for you here. So that idea of I just want to st- save up so I never have to do anything again, he's got a purpose for you being here. If you love He's got our, he's got our um, peer ministry. You know, he goes out fishing and has the opportunity to go out and talk to people and, and share with them. And it's, it's that opportunity to be able to, ju- to realize there's things that I get to get, get to do yet and to, to prepare for that. Third thing, debt. Debt. You know, God doesn't even want you to have this bucket. But if this is in your life, he says, get out of debt. The average Canadian household debt is 163% of what they make. That means for every dollar you make, you owe a dollar 63, and that's the average. So some of you are bringing that up. Some of you are bringing that down. $21,000 is the average amount that every Canadian has in consumer debt. That's not including your mortgage. That's over and above. That's new cars. That's new um, uh, clothes. That's new vacations. Whatever that is. How did we get there? How did we get to the spot where we owe $21,000? Stuff that we, you know, maybe we don't even know where it is anymore. It's no longer shiny or we ate it and we still are paying for it. Where, how did we get there? This week, we've been teaching Link how to ride a two-wheeler. And the trick to riding a two-wheeler is that as you're riding, it's this idea of staying balanced. And every time you're about to fall over, you need to make a correction. Quick correction so that you stay, stay level. And otherwise, you hit the pavement and it hurts. And so we've been teaching Link, and, and for, he tried one day and gave up. He's like, I can't do this. And then the next day, he could do it. And he learned how to, he learned how to balance. And then the other night, he's like trying to clap his hands because dad can while he's, while he's biking, and he hit the pavement, and it, and it hurts. Um, he, he'll learn. But see, the, the thought about this is there's an immediate, when you're biking, there's an immediate um, recognition or consequence when you're out of balance. It immediately happens. And if you don't correct it quite right away, you hit the pavement right away and you know. But with money, it's not like that. You know, it would be great if it was like Pinocchio, that when you made a bad financial decision, your nose grew. And everybody's like, oh, they just made a bad financial decision. And you'd be like, oh, I made a bad financial decision. I gotta, I gotta undo that. But we don't. We don't do anything like that because there's, there's nothing like that. Maybe if you were at Tim Hortons and you bought a coffee on your visa and a linebacker came out and tackled you, you'd be like, oh, Right, I'm not supposed to do that, but it doesn't work that way. What happens is it's more like farming. You know, you hear the famous saying, money doesn't grow on trees. It doesn't, but it grows like trees. That decision you make, or bad, is like a seed that continues to grow and will bear fruit at some time. 
So what fruit is it going to be? For so many, it's this fruit of being in debt, so far in debt. Proverbs, he says, if you've taken on debt of any kind, get out. Get out of that debt. Get out from under it. Paul said to the Romans, he wrote a letter to them and said, pay to everyone what you owe them so that you owe nothing to anyone but to love them. That you owe no one anything. We're going to look more at that week, but the idea is get out of debt. Get out of the pit. Fourth one is this. Needs. Needs. This idea of, 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 of what your needs are. Dave Ramsey talks about it this way as having the four walls. Things that you need to be thinking about is, you know, if you're behind on your bills, it's thinking about this. Paying for food first. Feed your family first. Don't pay MasterCard off. Make sure your kids are fed. Second thing he says is pay your house. Keep the lights on. Pay your mortgage. Pay those important things because those, those matter. The other thing, they, they don't hold anything on you. Then he says go to your, to your vehicle. Once those other two are paid, then, then think about putting gas in your vehicle and making sure that you can get to the places you need to go to, to buy the stuff you need. And then the last one's clothing because you need clothes. But he says you don't have to buy designer clothes. Buy what you need, not just everything that you want. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, it says, Seek the kingdom of God. Seek God's way of doing things. God's way of doing things is going this way down the table. He says, seek that way first. Seek that thing above all else and live righteously. And he will what? Give. He'll give you everything you need. See, in Matthew chapter 6, he just says, you know, too often you worry about stuff and you pursue stuff. And it brings us to this bucket right here. Desire. Wants. See, if you do the table God's way, he's going to put some desires uh, in your heart. Some of you already have them. There's causes that you believe in so strongly. Not everybody here believes in the same causes you do, but you do. You know, purchasing certain things to help in Africa, for instance. Different, different things that he's put on your heart that I want to make a difference in my world. I want to make a difference. Those desires, he gives them to you. Psalm 37 verse 4, it says this, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. And when you're living God's way, when you do it his way, you want run the table his way, he's going to give you desires of your heart where you can make an incredible difference in the world because you did it his way. The problem is, here's the problem and I want to leave you with this thought, is that most of our culture starts on this end of the table and goes that way. See, we, we start here. And we'll even use this very same scripture that we just talked about. You know, delight yourself also in the Lord and God will give you the desires of your heart. And you got these desires. I have people come up and talk to me. It's the wonkiest stuff. They'll say things like, there's this girl I want to marry. And, and you know, I, she's not into me right now, but I really want to marry her. And so I've been praying, you know, because it says, Psalm 37, delight yourself in the Lord. So I'm praying and God's going to give me the desires of my heart. I'm like, is she a believer? He's like, no. I'm like, are you kidding me? No, God's not going to give you something that he doesn't even want for your life just because you think you're delighting in him. See, the, 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 the verse goes the other way. For some of you think, you know, it's, it's the thing where you focus on the desires of your heart. I just want more money. I want more stuff. If I can delight in the Lord. And, and you know, preachers have done this famously forever. They said, you know, just give in the offering and you'll get. They've played on this thought of the desires of your heart for more stuff and more things. If you just give, you'll get. If you delight yourself in the Lord, you'll get. The last thing you need when you're drowning is more water. He's saying this idea is that's not how it went. It doesn't start with stuff because for so many, this is what we've done. We started on this side and we said, hey, we want, 
We get our paycheck. We get it in here. We're going to manage it or whatever, and we're going to throw it to stuff. New car. I need to upgrade my phone. I need something new. You know, I need this stuff. Oh, I really want that. I should have it. I deserve it. You know, another, a toy or whatever it is, and you throw it in here, and then you're like, all of a sudden the bills come in. You're like, oh yeah, I got to pay some rent, and I got to pay my hydro bill. Man, it's going up thanks to windmills, and now you start paying this other stuff, and you're like, I got to pay this, and then my gas, and my car, and clothes. I got five dollars to lease. Here we come, right? And you're like, I got five bucks. You put it in, and then you're like, oh, wait a second. I got to owe a few things, and I don't, I don't know how to pay for that right now. So we start using this. We start using debt. We start going that way, and we start putting ourselves in that place. You know, Dave Ramsey said this, we buy stuff we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't even like. We buy stuff we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't like. And it gets to the spot where we start not being able to afford our needs. We have too much house for our needs. We don't need the size. We have too much car for our needs. And we start putting ourselves in this place. Then it gets to the place of saying, hey, savings? What am I do for savings? It's like there's nothing left. And this bucket of debt, instead of getting rid of it, becomes this one. And it begins to swallow up things like this. Do you know that the latest stats we can find just says that there's about a third of of, uh, Canadians that have zero savings at all? Just look down your row. It's every third person. Good thing you sat on the first spot, eh? Right? So, (laughs) no savings. Why? No savings. Got swallowed up. Got swallowed up in debt. And then you get to this spot. There's so many of you where you, you just desire to serve the Lord. You want to be generous. You feel it on your heart to be able to do something, and you can't. You can't. You can't give because by the time you got here, you've got nothing left, and it gets swallowed up. And by the end of your life, you end up in this spot with this massive thing that you get to give account for and leave to your kids, and it looks, looks like this. So the question today comes down to this very thought. Who are you really living for? See, the whole idea of this thing with money, Jesus was saying it comes down to who you're serving. Who are you submitting to? Who are you listening? Who's making the decisions in your life? Is it me or is it something else? See, because he says, do the table this way. Do the table this way. Start with give. Even if it's just a tiny little bit, give it away to somebody just to say, this thing's not going to own me anymore. Then put away some savings or pay off debt because you said, I refuse. God set me free. I don't want to be in debt to anyone. And then moving on down the table, saying, I'm going to pay my needs. I'm going to make sure I cover those things. And if, if I can't afford to drive, you know, a, a Lexus or whatever, I'm not going to drive them because I don't care who I'm impressing. I don't live for them. I live for him. Going on to this spot and saying, God, you give me desires in my heart. And there's other things that are there. By that point, you have and you only spend that. Because someday we're going to give an account of what he's given us to manage. What is it going to say? I don't know about you, but for me, I want to get there someday and hear him say, High five, Mark. Well done, my good and faithful servant. The things, including money, not just money, because it's, it's our time. It's all kinds of other things. Well done. You've managed it well. I don't want to find this guy there when I, at the end of my life saying, you're fired. I'll leave you with this. It's a very spiritual decision this morning. And I want to challenge you to think about it soberly. Because this morning's not the idea of tell some funny stories or throw a bunch of buckets up there or Mark's got to preach because that's his job. My heart is that I want to see you succeed. I want to see it help you. But it requires some things. It requires humility in each and every one of us. To do things God's way 
to start running the table from this side requires us to admit a few things. Admit that God knows better and knows more about money than I do. See, because so many of us, we just want to say, I, I know better. I'll make it work. I'll figure it out. I can do this. I can do the table this way. I can, because I know what's going to make me happy, and it's filling up this bucket. God, you don't know. It's admitting, saying, God, you know better than I do. It's admitting that I need a plan. Oh, come on, Mark, that paper thing. <laughs> That's just too easy. If it's so easy, why not do it? Humility says I need a plan. Humility says I need accountability, that I need others in my life. Because you know what? To be honest, if you get serious about saying I want to I manage well, you're going to need some help from the outside almost every single time. To have someone who's going to hold you accountable and say, hey, I'm going to encourage you. And it's that idea of admitting that I need help. See, this morning in front of you, there's a yellow card <laughs> that's sitting there that says, hey, do you need help managing what God has given you? Do you need help? Or is it this idea of, man, no, no, I'm too proud. I just, I don't want the world to know. But it's this idea of saying, you know what? God, I apologize for getting, the, me, getting me into the mess that I've gotten myself into. And I'm willing to swallow that, to go and sit up, uh, put my books before somebody else. Maybe you got to go to a place and say, hey, okay, here's the mess that I got into. Please don't roll your eyes. Don't laugh at me while I'm here. You can do that after I leave, but here's the mess I'm in. Can you help me get out? And he can. And for some, for some it's this idea, and some of you are thinking, I don't know if I can do it. I want you to leave you with this last verse. It's a verse you're going to recognize probably by the time we get to the end, but you probably never realize it was tied to this. Philippians chapter 4, verse 10. Paul is writing to a church that he planted and he started and they had sent him some money and he was saying thanks to them for it. And he says this, I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. You even see it right there. He honors God for what people have done in his life. He says, I know you've always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I learned, I learned, I learned how to be content with whatever I have. Man, that's something we need so bad, just to learn how to be content with whatever we have. I know how to live on almost nothing and with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it's with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, and just hold on one second. Because then he pens this very last verse, which many of you have used before taking a test or before doing something difficult and thinking this is what it was all about. He said this in Philippians 4.13, For I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. See, that was about this idea of he can give you the strength to live with less. He can give you the strength to manage better. He say, you know, you're not alone. He says, if you're a follower of Jesus, you can do this through Christ. You can do the one, um, the, the one thing um, without being all alone. The thought is this, though. You can do it, but you need to be the one to make a decision whether you're going to honor him and run the table his way or whether you're going to do it your way. You need to begin to be the one who tells your money which bucket it's going in and in what order. Because he's given it to you to manage. So I want to encourage you this morning with some of this stuff. That it's, it's, it's thoughts, it's teaching. For some of you, um, last night afterwards, we had some people come up and say, man, I'm a single mom and, you know, bills haven't been, you know, things haven't come in and it's different. There's different scenarios for all of it. We want to encourage you to start sowing seeds in no matter where you're starting to end up in a better better financial future that that he can man when he gives you those desires to want to give to support something and you can do it because you've done all the rest you've managed it all well there's nothing like that feeling it's absolutely amazing
You know, they were blessed to get the poles, but it's even more of a blessing for the person who gave them. It's, uh, you see Sarah, she's handing out pork chops and things like that, blessing people because of what God has blessed her. I want to encourage you, that is what will change our world. That is what it will change our world. People that God can trust with massive amounts of money to use it to be a blessing to our planet. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that it teaches us, instructs us, and helps us to live the way you desire us to. God, thank you for your forgiveness and thank you for, for your hope for those to, uh, today that find themselves in, in difficult spots. And this is not easy for them to hear. God, I thank you that you uh, walk with us every single day. That's not just Sunday morning, but you're in our lives every single day. Pray that you help us to, tr- to uh, trust in you, to hold your hand as we walk and navigate uh, through, through our lives, that we would bring you glory and we'd be a blessing to our world. Thank you for this family. Pray your protection over them this week. Pray you give them opportunities to be a light that shines for you uh, wherever they find themselves. In your name, for your glory, pray. Amen.